0: Praise God. Praise God. Come on, let's give the Lord another hand and clap of praise today. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will, and let's go over to 1 John. 1 John, I'm sorry, Don, I'm going to, if it's me or you or somebody, let's blame somebody, let's get somebody. A little, bit, a little bit of ringing there. If you guys can't hear it, then I'm good. All right, 1 John 4. Uh, verse 16 through 19. I'm going to read this in two two different versions. And the title of this message is Liberated from Lies. Liberated from Lies. Now, Andrew and I did not discuss what we were going to teach or preach today. The Lord gave me this a few days ago, and I've been germinating on it, but she got the message as she got up this morning. He was putting on her makeup. And, and the, it was, this is almost like the sequel to the to the message. This is part two. So I would encourage you, it should be online tomorrow. Go back and listen because you're gonna you need that information. You need it. It's not just a matter of wanting it. You need the information God is giving in these last days. You need it in order that you may be liberated from the lies, that you may walk in the newness of Christ, that you may walk in all the inheritance God has in store for you. You say, well, preacher, you're acting like you believe it. I absolutely believe it. I believe that God's people do perish for lack of knowledge. And so we, we need the knowledge that God gives us liberated from lies, liberated from lies. Father, help me to minister the truth of your word under the guidance of the Spirit, through the power of the Spirit. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for the privilege to be a part of your kingdom, to be a part of this church, to be a part of this hour. Amen. Amen. First John 4, 16 through 19. And we know, we have known, and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. He who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. So in other words, the dwelling place of God is love. You, don't want to, you want to know what house God lives on on your block? He lives in the house of love. Do you want to know the Lord? You've got, to, you've got to take up residence and let him take residence inside of you with the love. The dwelling place of God is love. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we have boldness. That word boldness means confidence it means openness freedom especially with speech a boldness that says i can say what it is i feel there's a there's a what's the what's the hebrew the greek word for that parhesia a boldness that that you can speak where does that boldness come from it comes from god's love amen that boldness in the day of judgment stand before God in judgment, we have this boldness, this confidence because as he is so are we in this world as he is, so are we in this world there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear, in other words love will not make allowance for fear if love and fear enter the same room love's going to chase fear out love's going to push fear away from itself and also out the door down the street it's not going to occupy in the same place and he says because fear involves torment fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made Perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Who started this love thing? It wasn't you. It was him. Amen? Now let's read that in the Passion translation, and then I'm going to get into the heart of what I want to share with you. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love, and we trust in the love he has for us is love. Those who are living in love are living in God and God lives through them. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus I love this now is all that Jesus now is. I, I don't necessarily like to have people repeat, but I want you to repeat this. All that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Mm. Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks comes consistently afraid of punishment, has not reached love's perfection. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love of God who first demonstrated to us. Now let me say this to you. Wherever fear finds expression, wherever fear finds expression, a lie exists. A lie exists. If fear is expressing itself in your heart, then there is a lie attached to that fear. That was heaven's amen. Can we do it again? I'm gonna sneak away from it. Okay. me ask you this question I've asked you before but I want to know if you still hold the answer what empowers truth what empowers truth I'm looking for a response what empowers truth faith belief belief in order for truth to have effect in my life that I have to believe that truth doesn't matter what the Bible says about me. It's what matters is what I believe the Bible says about me. See because I can I can quote John 3:16 till I'm blue in the face. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But until I start to believe that God sent his son to deliver me from my sins, that's when the power of that truth begins to come alive inside of me. And it's not that truth is not being given and put forth under the power of the spirit. It's whether or not humanity, ourselves included, will believe the truth that is given. So what empowers truth is belief in that truth. Do you believe you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? I only half believe you. But when you get to the place where you said, I can do all things through Christ uh, who strengthens me, now all of a sudden that, that verse is more than just a verse. It is something that comes alive inside of me. But what empowers a lie? Belief in that lie. Andrew called it a word curse this morning. I'm calling it a lie this morning. When I partner with a lie, what am I doing? I am empowering that lie to take root in my heart and to operate, and I'll operate according to what that lie tells me. And we have we had this discussion yesterday, but I just want to. I, I believe that more than one individual struggles from this. I know that I have. Every voice that you hear in your heart and in your mind is not necessarily your voice. Sounds like you. Amen. It it, it sounds a lot like your voice, but not every voice that you hear. Is necessarily your voice. Sometimes it's the voice of the Lord. Go do this and go do that. And surrender here and, and let me have that. And and we 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 sometimes we have difficulty distinguishing is this my voice, or does God really want me to do that? Does he not want me to do that? But I'm also saying to you, that you have a real enemy to your life, into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of light, and that those voices voice of the enemy that sounds a whole lot like your voice if that voice comes in that voice is not always your voice sometimes it's a voice of the Lord sometimes it's a voice of an angel sometimes it's a voice of the Holy Spirit sometimes it's just a voice of the enemy And we need to distinguish what voice is what how do we distinguish well we need to line that voice up with the Word of God and we need to line that voice up with does it bring me closer into fellowship with God does it bring me closer to the body of Christ does it bring me closer to the purpose that God has in store for me or does it push me aside now no one in this room has ever fell victim to the the voice that says uh, you don't measure up nobody likes you You, we're talking about your family members that you just swapped turkey legs with come on We're we're just, we're sharing this because we need to understand them, and we're we're excluding ourselves in all this conversation. Because we've never had those thoughts that nobody wants to be around me, that I don't measure up, will not have everything I need. Is that voice I'm asking you, does that come from God? Does that come from you? Or is that directly from the source of Satan? See, when we we need to distinguish and we need to ask ourselves what do I believe about myself and what do I believe about God now this is what I've come to understand lies when we partner with those lies and those lies may have come from our past it may have been words that were spoken over to over us by our parents or someone else's parents or a or, a, or an ex-spouse or a spouse or or a preacher or, or or a coworker or a boss or or someone that that spoke something over you and you listen to it. And then you empowered it just like I have empowered it in my life. And I just take partnership with it because the lie doesn't come in and say, oh, I'm, I'm fixing to limit everything God's going to do in your life. And so I just need you to believe me. And we're going to walk together. We're going to talk together. and We're going to be in partnership together. And I'm going to ultimately try to keep all that God has from you because I'm a thief and I'm a liar and and I'm here to destroy you so could could you open the car door and let me in because I want to ride with you Lies don't do that do they no they come in subtly. they come in circumstances they come in situations they come when the when the when the storm is just right and you're looking and it, it it comes in times where the clouds begin to the clouds of stress begin to rest upon your mind and you're wondering uh, what is going on. The lie always has an answer. It's because you're a failure. It's because God doesn't like you. It's because you don't measure up. See, subtly begins to whisper, whisper. See, the strength of the enemy, the strength of the enemy in my life and in your life is my relationship with that lie. If I'm in relationship with a lie, then what am I doing? I'm limiting my faith. I'm limiting my reach. I'm limiting the call of God on my life. I'm limiting my relational connections with others. Bear witness with anybody today? See, when I'm in partnership with a lie, what am I doing? I'm empowering the enemy. But I'm what am I doing? The strength of the enemy is in my relationship with the lie. And the strength of the enemy is in the weakness of my relationship with truth. Strength of the enemy is in my relationship with a lie. And I, I'm not telling you that these lies are not powerful. I'm not telling you that these lies are not convincing. I'm telling you when in your formidable years when you have been grossly and heinously driven into your spirit of your self-worth, and it's pounded, and it's pounded, and it's pounded, it starts to make an impression on your psyche. It starts to make an impression uh, and it, it, it is repeated over and over and over. You notice when there's propaganda like Hitler when he came uh, and he's wooed a nation through the Antichrist spirit. What did he use? He used propaganda over and over and over to reinforce what it was he was trying to do. And that was to extinguish a a, a nation. But I'm saying to you, the enemy does the same tactic to you and I. He tries to reinforce and reinforce and reinforce and declare to you that you are not measuring up, that you have no worth and value. And if we start to believe that propaganda, what are we doing? We are enabling the enemy in limiting Now, I'm not arrogant enough to believe that I'm all that and then some. But what I do understand is this. It's not necessarily me that he's after. I'm just a byproduct. If he can torment me, then I'm just a byproduct of his seditious enjoyment. But ultimately, what is he trying to do? He's trying to stop Christ flowing He's trying to to limit your reach into someone else's life. Why? How? By isolating you in that lie. By trying to convince you that you are everything that he says that you are. Everything that your past says that you are. I don't know about you, but I uh, I don't want to give the enemy not one more inch, one more centimeter, one more moment of my time, because I've got too limited time upon this earth to be spending all my time listening to lies. I want to listen to the truth of God's Word. That's why I'm going to feast upon the manna every day. I'm going to go out and gather the rake, and I'm glad because God doesn't put any limits on His Word. You can gather as much as you can hold. You can gather by the hunger that's in your heart heart that God will bless you with uh, and you can overeat, amen in the house of the Lord when it comes to the word of God, I just pray Lord give me the hunger and give me the grace so that I can go out and gather every single day, amen because I don't know about you, I want to partner with truth I want to partner with truth I said Lord when you, if you call me into the kingdom, I'll make this deal with you you're calling me into the kingdom you've got to call my whole family my wife wasn't going to be married to a preacher. She was pretty safe when we got married. She was extremely safe when we got married. <laughs> I was the first this thing from, the, from a, a preacher of light because I was so engrossed in darkness. But as soon as we came into the kingdom of God, the call just began to stir inside of me. Now she's not just married to a preacher. She is one. Amen? <clears throat> but... My daughter, Laney, is leading worship down at Lindell right now. My son is in Bowie, Texas. He led worship last week. He's preaching both services today because his pastor's out. Wow. My, my, daughter has, my, my daughter, Hannah, has a call to word ministry, and God is going to open those doors and already starting to open those doors. See, I made a deal with the Lord. I said, if you'll call me to the ministry, I'll go if you'll take my whole family with me if you just call my whole family and folks, I'm saying to you that God's desire and his plans are so much bigger than ours uh, and his reach through your life uh, is going to reach far beyond you and we refuse to allow the lies of the enemy to limit what God wants to do in us and through us. Amen? You know, the, the sad thing about lies is they will lead you anywhere and everywhere except to Christ. Come on, lies will lead you anywhere and everywhere except to Christ. They'll lead you away from the house of God, they'll lead you away from the prayer closet, it'll lead you away from the book, the book referred to as the Bible, They will lead you away from relationships. They will lead you away from ministry. They will will lead you into a job on Sunday and on Wednesday. They will lead you anywhere and everywhere except to Christ. Because they know that if they lead you to Christ, then they're done. Because once you become partners with truth, you become unstoppable to the kingdom of darkness. See, we can have the level of victory we desire to live in. You know what? I'm hopefully a positive contributor to your victory, but I'm not the end-all source of your victory. If I am, you've got your source in the wrong place. Now, I'm I'm committed. Hear me. i say this publicly. I am committed to your complete liberation and freedom. It's my commitment to you. I'm going to teach it. I'm going to preach it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pursue God, but I want to see you free. i want to see you break the hold of the enemy. I want every stronghold to be broken. I want every lie to be dissolved inside of your heart. I am committed to your freedom. To see the fulfillment of God in your life uh, and in your children's life and generations to follow, that is my commitment to you. I can't choose it for you. I cannot. I can only introduce you to that. You have to believe it and receive it and walk in it. You have to do that. I'll do my part. You do your part. Amen? Amen. And we're going to find victory and freedom. Truth, folks, liberates us from lies. Truth. How do we liberate? How do we become liberated from lies? Knowing the truth. Knowing the truth. The word of the Lord tells us, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You got to know the truth. Now, some people in this room, you 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 met my wife for the first time, but you don't know her. You you know some of you have a, a may see the the picture on the website and the Facebook and say I. I, I the, the pastor's there. I, I, I know them. See, you don't know somebody until you walk with them. You don't know somebody until you talk with him. You don't know somebody until you spend time with them. And I'm saying to you, there's an invitation of the Holy Spirit that you walk with truth. You get into the Word of God. You receive the Word of God. You start listening to what the Word says about you and how that God's desire is for you. And if God be for you, then who and what can be against you? And you start believing it. Let me say this to someone in this house this morning. The same blessings you pray on others need to believe for yourself if you can see somebody else doing it you need to see yourself doing it amen because a lot of times we can say well I can see it for someone else but I can't see it for myself why why Is the Lord gonna have to come down and do it all over again just so that you can have a level of victory see the sad reality is this I don't want to be the elder son in the house the prodigal son. See, because you can live in the house of the Lord and not know the Lord. You can have all the abundance of God, but be limited by your the lies in your mind. And it wouldn't matter what the Lord would do for you, you wouldn't receive it because you don't feel you're worthy of it. Whom the son has set free. the sun is set free it's free indeed I love with that with how the passion puts this we trust in the love he has for us we trust in the love he has for us what is this love we speak about see my confidence my confidence in God though that I don't understand everything he does I assure you I do not There are truths about God's word and and about the Lord that that I've been searching this book for 30 years and still feel like I've only scratched the surface of it. You get into the word of God, and you're like, Lord. God, where in the world? And then sometimes all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like a domino effect, uh, it's like, wow, and it just affects everything it has to do with the Word of God and the way you perceive life and your understanding of God's Word. And it's like, man, the journey is worth it because there's so much good in here. But I don't understand everything, nor do I have to. But what I do trust in is His love. His love, his love is large and incredibly patient. His love is gentle and consistently kind to all. His love refuses to be jealous when blessing comes on someone else. (laughs) you mean to tell me that God can bless somebody else and I can be happy about it? I've had pastor friends tell me that they had to, that they can't share the blessings God's done for them because that other pastor will get jealous. I'm not saying all pastors. Don't look at me that way. But you know, the fact is, is we're not competing with one another. We're competing against hell. And any celebration of a brother and sister is a celebration to the Father because it's his business we should be about. It's not my kingdom I'm building. It's not my kingdom, and for you to be blessed doesn't take anything away from me. In fact, it adds to the Father, amen? And I, I want to see you blessed beyond measure. I want to see you so blessed uh, in the storehouse and in the field. Uh, I want to see you blessed in your family and your body and your ministry. I would love for a preacher to rise up out of here and go build a mega church right out of this ministry. You know why? Because I'm going to take full credit for it. But anyway, I I, I want to see the body of Christ succeed. I want to see you blessed. I want to see your ministry flourish. Why? Because it pleases the Father, and it's his business that we are about. Love does not brag about one's achievements, nor inflates its own importance. I'm just reading the Bible love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor love is not easily irritated uh oh or quick to take offense if I'm easily offended I'm not walking in love God's love joyfully celebrates honestly And finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. Listen to me. This is God's love in us, for us, and through us. Love is a safe place of shelter. You've been told your whole life no one can be trusted. I'm saying to you. God can be trusted, and you can trust in his love. And that love will drive out that fear because it will drive out that lie. And my confidence is in my God, in whom lives inside of me. And I know that he loves me because he gave himself for me because he refused to live without me. Not just me, but every person in here. But it's not going to have any power if we do not believe it confidence is in his love it never stops believing the best of others (laughs) what even when I was a drunk Devin and a drug addict God still believed the best about me (laughs) even when I was self-medicating and self-destructing Tim God still loved me and thought the best for me he, he saw me as Gideon there threshing wheat, and he called me a mighty man of valor. I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? Clint, he's like, come on. I don't see you as you are, I see you as I am in you. And if you can start seeing yourself as I am in you, now all of the sudden things that begin to transpire and change. See, he always, see, if there's a thought that ever enters your mind that God doesn't like you, that's not God's thought. He didn't say that. How do you know it? Because the truth of God's word tells me that he always thinks the very best of me. Always. Always thinks the best of me. If I fail, he's like, okay, we'll do it better next time. You can do this. You can do this. And when no one believed that I could ever stand behind the pulpit, it was always the Holy Spirit telling me that I could. I'm like, Lord, I can't do this. Oh, yes, you can. Lord, I can't speak. Oh, yes, you can. Lord, I can't read. I'll teach you. I can't. Be, I can't get up there and talk. Lord God, you know I can't. But oh, I can, and I will. If you'll just keep on, I will show you. Come on, it's time we stop beating ourselves black and blue and start believing what God thinks about us. Whew. Love never takes failure as defeat. Some of you have been wallering in that, hoodwinked, deceived, believing that your failure has stopped you from any furtherance in the kingdom of God. What a lie. What a bald faced lie. What a what a hateful conniving sorcery witchcraft telling you because you failed that you are no longer a candidate for the blessing of God the favor of God and the purpose of God that is that is rude and wrong amen is the Lord speaking to anybody in this house this morning come on you you just are you still in that turkey coma right now like you get that turkey leg in you like I don't take a few more days to recover but we'll get there amen therefore if the son makes you free you are free indeed see my confidence is in the completed work of Christ not in myself amen now I'm gonna share some quick concept with you and we're gonna close thank you for not amening me down okay shouldn't even throw that in there, but I'm just going to do it anyway, just to jack with you. Okay. The New Testament, or the New Covenant, didn't begin with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It actually began at the resurrection of Christ. Book of Acts, okay, I've got two people with me, that's all I need. This is gonna help someone in this house today to never live another day in an orphan spirit or rejection spirit. Let me ask you this question. Born again, child of God, this is the question. Will you one day resurrect? Do you believe that, honestly? It's, it's, it's a belief that you have or you're halfway there you're halfway there see what's the see the, the sacrifices in the old covenant those sacrifices were innocent but they were not perfect that lamb did not do one thing to deserve its throat cut it's just born a lamb that bull that was sacrificed did nothing to deserve that death. It was innocent, but it was born into a world full of sin. It wasn't perfect. Now, the only a perfect sacrifice could resurrect. And we know that John declared, Behold the Lamb of God, he said that by faith takes away the sins of the world, but there's going to be proof of that sacrifice. See, as long as there was a need for a sacrifice, there could be no new beginning. See, that sacrificial system held its place, pointing to the ultimate sacrifice for 1,500 years, kept pointing and pointing and pointing, but every sacrifice that was made stayed dead. It's only at the end of that sacrifice could a new start begin. So what proof do we have that the sacrifice was accepted? Because when they slew the Lamb of God, he didn't stay dead. He got up. I made you a promise. I'm going to hold to that. So, how do I know that I'm accepted? Because I believe. body will resurrect so if I have confidence and believe that I one day you said it right here on the front row we marked it down Ruth said it she believed it But one day you are going to resurrect. That tells me that you believe that you are accepted because he resurrected and thus he is accepted. Tell me where the room is for rejection or an orphan spirit. There is none. There's none. Why? Why? Because every old covenant sacrifice, the the priest didn't come back and say, hey, you remember that lamb we slew? Yeah, where'd it go? Well, he got up and ran off. What about that bull? I don't know. just ran. That priest knew somebody was lying because they, they took it up and cut it up, either burn it completely on the altar or the priest threw in the flesh hook, he took it home and he ate it. That's Eli's boys over there. Those fatties are over there eating all the sacrifice, telling you they were resurrected. (laughs) Didn't happen. Not until the day they sacrificed Jesus on the cross and we know that he was not only innocent, he was also perfect. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness in God through Christ Jesus. I am accepted. believe the resurrection we have to believe in the acceptance of God huh. Romans 8 11, but if the spirit of him raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you does he he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you Andrew is getting all over my stuff this morning because it's love. Amen. <laughs> now, what it tells me is God's speaking to somebody, He's affirming His word. And this is kind of a hard concept for us to take. children of God. We are resurrected. We're glorified. I know. As I was telling one of the boys in Sunday school class one day, I told him, I said, I said, you drink coffee? He said, yeah. I said, you drink coffee, it'll make your hair gray like mine. He said, right, I said, well, how do you think I got this gray hair? He said, because you're old. (laughs) Out of the mouth of babes. I may not look glorified, but there's some glorification up up in here. There's some acceptance up in here. Why? Because I'm learning as he is, so am I in this world. As he is right now, so are you, child of God. And you are seated at rest. You don't have to sacrifice anymore because a sacrifice has been made. You don't have to work for acceptance because you are accepted. How do we know? Because Jesus rose again. It's just like Mary and Martha there at the tomb of Lazarus. They said, oh, yeah, we know there's coming a day. You're going to resurrect. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. (laughs) I am the acceptance. I am your approval. I knew you couldn't do it. That's why I came and did it. And now you have faith in me because I became what I was not what you were not and now we are part of what the forefathers called the circle dance we are here with God face to face bearing his image I'm not a victim I'm not an abused child I'm not a warped, self-hatred individual. I am beloved. I am accepted. I am no longer rejected and so are you child of God. All I'm trying to do is convince you that what the Bible says about you is true. And if you can have confidence in the resurrection of God you can have confidence Acceptance of God. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. You are beautiful. All of you. You're beautiful. Worship team, make your way up here right now. There's already been liberation in this house. See that fear of torment. Punishment. I've had the sad conversations with those not 40, not 50, not 60, 80, 85 years of age, tell me, I hope I've done enough, I hope I've done enough, I don't want you to live another day, and especially not a decade, wondering. you to live an unlimited life. because all lies will do is try to keep Christ from you and through you. This forsake. I need somebody who speaks Spanish after the service to tell me what this means. We were ordering breakfast and on the menu, there was an option: divorced eggs. I've eaten a lot of eggs, but I've never divorced one. I don't know what that means. I'm guessing separation. Uh, egg whites. All right. Divorced eggs. I don't know. I didn't know we were I want you to come to this altar today and say I'm divorcing the lie. I'm divorcing the lie and I'm renewing my vow to truth. Somebody's going free today. Somebody's going free today. Stand all across this room. Come on. Come on. Come on. Somebody's going free today. I'm not going to ask you the lie that's between you and the Lord. I'm just the messenger. I'm just the messenger. But if you're here today and say, I'm not living one more day in partnership with this lie, then I want you to come down right now. Come on, come on. Come on, God, is there's a liberty in this place. You're saying, I, I'm divorcing, I'm separating myself from the lie, and I am renewing my vow to truth today. I am who God says I am. This is what I want you to do. This is your altar call today. This is your altar call. It's going to start here, but it's going to continue from here. You are going to believe what God says about you. Come on. You're going to believe. Say that with me. I believe what God says about me. I divorce lies, and I renew my vow to truth in Jesus' name. I will be brave enough to believe I believe the truth of God's word about me I believe it no more lies I need some people who love God especially so our Puebla team I want you to come down and help me begin to pray right now come on, come on, just begin to lay hands just begin to lay hands and begin to pray begin to minister, those of you in the altar just receive the love of God just receive the love of God right now come on, come on Rebocco.